0: welcome bride chillas and groom chillas groom chillas alicia let's uh, let's workshop that you're listening to the save the date wedding podcast the number one wedding podcast hosted by author comedian and wedding advice giver alicia mccormick tell you what, I am going to be walking around like one of those big beefcake guys that, you know, they always look like they're carrying suitcases because their arms are out wide. I just finished a workout, a weights arm workout that I haven't done for a while and uh, gee whiz, feeling the burn. I am Alicia, the host of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, really a ripped super woman host. I'm not. I'm not. I just love doing my at-home workouts and I feel like I've achieved something if I can grab a workout in my lounge room with my home weights with the beefcakes. I feel like I can just do anything. And uh, I've been trying to get up in the morning and doing it early before work. Doesn't always work. And uh, today I don't even know if I'll be able to lift the ladle to cook dinner tonight. That's how much sort of pain I'm in. Do you like working out? Do you exercise? I find it's one of those things for me that helps clear the cache, the mental cache, and uh, also gets me thinking and feeling a bit calmer. In a couple of weeks, I have the wonderful Dr. Lindsay Beer on the show. And this is a sort of test request uh, segment here where people have written to me asking lots of very interesting and in-depth questions about weddings and mental health and depression and anxiety and stress. And I have tried my very best to answer questions to my level of knowledge and understanding and help. But I thought... It was really time to actually call in a professional and uh, get her to help me answer some of your questions and also really just break it down and talk about overcoming stress and anxiety, particularly when it comes to planning an event like a wedding. I know a lot of us take on a lot of different things. We can sometimes over, overtake on, what's the word? Overcommit. <laughs> She's clearly on it today. And I know I do it all the time. I'm the biggest yes man when it comes to doing favors and saying, yeah, I'll help out. Yeah, I could do that. I'll stay later at work. And I'm not a pushover. I just like to achieve and I like to help people out when I can, uh, hence why I'm hosting this wedding podcast. But it's really interesting uh, thinking about the interview that I did with Lindsay. I'm really gagging to actually release it and, and let you in and you on know, some of her amazing techniques. But it's interesting later on thinking about how much I take on and don't realize how stressed I can become. And this is not like a crazy stress of going, whoa, all the time. I just realize little triggers in my body and uh the way I sometimes can just grip my teeth. I know it's not great. I don't feel like, you know, Michael Douglas in Falling Down. If you don't get that reference, Google it. It's old, but it's a great stress reference. I want my lunch. Uh, but it's really nice to talk to someone with the professional knowledge and give her the opportunity to share some amazing tips and uh, I would say almost tactics to overcome or at least sort of hush, hush, hush some of the voices of stress.
1: Now, my first voice message. Here we go. Hi, Alicia. This is Yariela from New York. Um I think I've sent you an email and I've been stalking you on instagram oops so now i've been binging on all of your podcast episodes and i love them you're so funny um i don't really have a question i just want to say that i love your podcast and i am actually getting married to my um high school sweetheart we actually been married for 12 years already um we only did the court thing, but now we're getting married by church. So I'm going to get, I'm finally going to be able to do the whole dress and have the whole experience of getting married. It was its awesome. I'm so excited. I don't know where to start. But I just want to say thank you for your show. Oh, my God, it's making my planning so much easier. Love you. Bye. Yariella, thank
0: you. And congratulations. I love that you have taken the leap and said, no, we got married, but we didn't do it necessarily in the grander scale that we wanted to do. And I love courthouse weddings. Don't get me wrong. I think they can be fabulous. And I think you can make them into whatever you want them to be. But I see if 12 years ago, I'm sure you were obviously, not I'm sure you were younger. That's just statistics. That's life. Uh, and maybe you have acquired some more cash. You wanted to have a bigger celebration. And as you said, you get to wear the dress and you get to do all the stuff. And I'm sure now you are probably planning quite a different wedding than when you would have planned 12 years ago. So congratulations. I love that you are enjoying the show and thank you for sharing that with me. I love all the cityscape in the background. It really excites me when people record the voice messages because I feel like I can tap a little bit into where you are and what you're doing and uh reverse stalk you. And that sounds weird, but I love that you said you checked out my Instagram and uh, I always just like to see what people are up to. There it is. Okay, now I have a next voice message. You see I'm powering into this, and I'll tell you why. Because next week on the show, I am giving you five shows in the whole week. It's called Wedding Q&A Week. It's my first sort of crack at this, and it all came about because my lovely VA Jess has said to me, Alicia, Alicia, you have far too many emails in the inbox. There are lots of people that need your help, and I think you need to do more shows to cover those questions. And that freaked me out a little bit because I'm like, that's a lot of work. But I really enjoyed, I'm, I'm recording the episodes ahead of time. I'm trying to get ahead and be very efficient. See, less stress, less stress. And uh, I am really looking forward to seeing what you think um, about this week, really. And I've crammed a lot in And so many great questions. And the variety, the variety, I can just say, is so extreme. It's great to see that people, after all these shows, are still coming up with questions that really challenge me and make me laugh and make me gasp and really make me think. And I hope, as I always say, that I can provide you with some guidance. Of course, I'm under no uh, belief that I am always right. I am the first to admit, mostly if Rich was here right now, he'd go, I don't know about that. But I like to think that I am bold enough to say I'm wrong when I'm wrong and I get things wrong. But I do think it's nice that you trust me and you want to hear my opinion. I don't want you to ever forget that. Sometimes I just barrel into it and say what I want to say. But to me, it's very important that um, I share that with you because I'm just a gal sitting in London and you could be anywhere in the whole world We could be very different people in real life, but it's nice that we connect at this level. I think that's what's wonderful about podcasting. We get to have a very intimate experience with total strangers. So I thank you. Right. Now, next voice message. I believe this is an urgent voice message because I received an email that said this is urgent. This is lovely Kate. She is in Australia. She's going to explain that. Let's listen.
2: Hi, Alicia. My name's Kate and I'm calling from Perth in Western Australia. Um, I'm three weeks out from my wedding, and although I have tried to be a bride chiller for the last 11 months, thank you very much for your podcast in that respect, um, I'm having dress dilemmas. So last week, I picked up my wedding dress, and the alterations have just ruined it. Um, Even my bridesmaids say I can't wear it, and I'm losing my chill because I've only got three weeks to go.
0: I swear to God, I'm panicking right now. I'm not panicking because we're going to come up with a solution. But Kate, you are very calm. I want to congratulate you. And I'm sure everyone listening are going, whoa, three weeks out, dress is a bit fucked up and you were being very calm and chill. So I want to congratulate you before you carry on with your message.
2: We're all here to help you out in a sort of rhetorical sense. So I am um, after some advice, if possible, in what I should do with such short notice to walk down the aisle feeling amazing. I don't care if none of my guests like what I wear. I want to like what I wear. And at the moment, um, that's proving quite difficult. So um, I found a website called stillwhite.com, and um, I'm finding lots of secondhand dresses on there, which I think is amazing, and I wish I'd found it before. Um, so I'm just wondering if you have any other ideas other than starting again with such short notice. Um, thank you very much and I hope you can help. Bye. Okay, Kate. So
0: this is, well, look, more than annoying, this is really frustrating for you because you have clearly been promised a service that hasn't come through. And I'd just like to remind you of an episode I did last year. And, of course, this isn't for now. But I did a lovely uh, episode with uh, wedding lawyer, Christy Aslan. And she is great with saying, uh, giving some advice about what to do when this stuff goes wrong. And Kate, I'm going to put you in touch with her because I think this is something you should pursue because you have been put in a position where the goods that you have been Asked, well, you haven't just been asked, you have bought, you have purchased, have not come through with the goods and now you're in a position of having to spend more money and also be able to be sort of panicked in a lead up to your wedding. Now, I'm not just saying that I'm of the idea that you should just go around suing people and threatening people whenever you feel like it. But I do think in this situation, especially when it comes to your wedding dress, that this is not a, a situation you want to be dealing with three weeks out from your wedding. And also that you were promised one thing and you weren't given it. Now, I don't know the specifics of how this came about, but I do think it's worth pursuing um, some form of compensation or help and assistance when it comes to replacing this dress because it's shit, basically. And if you are listening to this and you haven't heard the uh, episode with Christy, it's uh, yourweddinglawyerisherwebsite.com. And she's great. And she's got really good information on her website, just about really, just to cut it down to basics, about covering your ass when it comes to contracts and weddings, what you can do if things like this go wrong, how you can make sure you're covered. And also wedding vendors, if you are going into a situation potentially with a vendor that isn't offering you a contract, then it's not great. You need to be able to either ask them to be giving you a contract. And this is the same thing about a sales receipt. It's it's all comes down to having things in writing. And it's great in the episode, Christy talks a lot about the idea that if you are dealing with a vendor that doesn't have a contract, that you can bring a contract along and uh try and get something in writing. She provides lots of help with that. So I just wanted to say, Kate, um, that it is worth pursuing uh later on. I'm not saying you have to do this now, but down the track and I will put you in touch uh, via email with Christy. So backup plans. Now Still White is a fantastic website. If you haven't seen it before, it is where it's one of quite a few big websites where you can purchase pre owned, amazing quality wedding dresses. I know that they have quite stringent uh, rules about what you can upload if the dress has been washed. There are very uh, thorough ways that they go about asking people to list the dress. And it's really worth, even if you're not in a situation like Kate, I would highly recommend you visit the website because there are so many fabulous dresses that are, you know, have been worn, as you know, for like six hours, have been dry cleaned and people want to get their money back. So I think if you are looking for a specific dress and it's out of your price range, then you should definitely be pursuing this sort of option for finding something that is, if not identical to the one you found in the shops. There it is. So Kate, I do think with this One of the situations, it's a consignment website, so you need to be talking to the vendor, the seller, the wedding dress owner directly to chase the dress. One thing it's always important to remember when you're buying something online, especially if it's been pre-owned, is asking if it's been adjusted or changed in any way. And look, 99% of the time it would have because very rarely does a wedding dress fit off the rack if it's a gown. So it's important to ask if the person went to a professional tailor or seamstress because a lot of the time in wedding dresses they will make adjustments that can then be undone it's also important that you obviously can get to the dress and try it on otherwise you need to be leaving yourself time if it's maybe a size up from your your uh, measurements I don't know why I just forgot that word <laughs> then obviously it can be adjusted to fit you whereas if it's small for you it can be quite Tricky to make that happen. Now, I know you're on quite a delicate, crazy time frame of finding that. I don't know if it's worth trying to find the exact same dress that you had altered that sort of messed up. Also, I do think, coming back to my point about the um, whoever adjusted the dress, whoever made the changes that fucked the dress... If it's the dress maker, if it's the dress seller, if you can then go back and of course I think Christy will be able to provide you with some more advice about this from a legal perspective. But if there's some way that you can arrange for another dress from that same vendor. One other suggestion I would have for you is to go to dress shops directly and ask what they have in stock off the rack. So many wonderful dress makers and uh, designers, especially when you're in a situation like you are. I know that there's a bunch of people I can think off the top of my head that you could go into their salon and say, listen, I am in a bind. I've been completely messed over by this person, this company. Please help me. And I would be very surprised if you don't get some offers of help. I also think a bit of social media shaming doesn't go astray. And by that, I mean, if you, Kate, post an image of the dress that's been messed up or if you post something, I would say, on Facebook or Twitter, it also can help move things along a little bit. Now, I'm not saying you've got to be clever with the way you do this because companies have sort of caught on. And I think it's not great for the company, whoever this is. This perhaps is an individual. I don't know the exact situation here. But let's say, hypothetically, it was a dress shop and they're not helping you out with the solution. Then I do think it would probably help you get some help from another company if you name and shame. Now, I'm not saying you have to be a complete asshole, although I think they've probably been an asshole to you by ruining your dress. I think there is a way to do this in a smart, clever, sophisticated way Uh, just to get the attention. I know on numerous occasions when I've had really shoddy customer service and I've tried to talk with them on a very adult, sensible level and saying, listen, I wasn't very happy with the way you treated me or the service or this thing didn't turn up and you said it would or I've paid my money and it's disappeared. And if they don't respond, then I know if I pop on Twitter, generally, everyone sort of has bigger companies, have social media managers, that you can then place a message and say, listen, I've tried to do this nicely. Can you please help me? I'm really unhappy with your services. Now, I don't think you should do what some people do and say, this fucking thing, you know, get rangy because rage doesn't generally, uh, isn't generally corresponded with nice responses back. But if they have good customer service, I think it wouldn't hurt. And I also think it wouldn't hurt by sharing a story with uh, with another company saying, listen, I've been really screwed over. I really need your help and I would really appreciate it. And you know what? If you do that and you get a dress from one of those companies, you you tag me in on my Facebook and Instagram and stuff and you tell them Alicia will spread the word and give them wonderful publicity. I will also email that to you and put that in writing, because I would happily help you out, Kate, because I think you've been put in a situation that is out of your control, and not something that when you're planning a wedding, you need to be dealing with three weeks out from a really happy day that you've invested a lot of your hard-earned money in. Unfortunately, as we know, and as Christy said in the interview, um, vendors, some vendors suck. This is like any industry, that there are people that let the rest of the industry down. So I do think, unfortunately, you might have come up uh, in badly, I was going to say not Trump's. The word Trump is really bad these days. You have come out of this not in the way that you expected to, but I really hope that you can find a dress that is exceeds your expectations and it's better than the one that was ruined. So just to recap, I think you should consider still white and a couple of the other uh, pre-owned wedding dress websites, but I also think you should absolutely cry you know sad bride and go into some of the other bridal salons and see what they can do off the rack it is a good time at the end of summer to be in australia especially where you are to be going for sample sales they will be changing dresses coming into a new season so you might luck out and find something that they will sell you at a discounted price that they will generally when they sell samples either help you out with dry cleaning or at least give you advice about where to take it and sort of change anything that's been knocked around a little bit, which is just generally wear and tear from other ladies trying it on. However, I know that a lot of great bridal salons will sell their samples at the end of the season anyway, and they're generally in good nick. There you go. That's my suggestion to you, wonderful Kate, and I'm so sorry that you've been put through this, but we are going to find a solution. Tag me. We'll make it
2: happen. Oh boy, I'm still so angry about that. I just feel like people letting people down
0: and not helping them really makes me angry because I think in all these situations, I mean, I know as an individual, I would feel terribly guilty by letting someone down in that sort of way, especially around an event like a wedding. But maybe I have a conscience and I'm a good person. Just saying, gosh, Kate, just gosh. Right, we'll move on. I'm really determined and I'm going to keep you updated as to what happens with Kate's dress Saga slash adventure. And uh, it's a bit of an all voicemail episode today. I have another wonderful voicemail from an anonymous, an anonymous lovely lady. She's asked me to uh, change her name, but she doesn't say her name in the voice message. So it's fine. We're just going to imagine that her name
3: might be Karen or Jane. Hi, Alicia, and I'm getting married this August at a lovely barn with a budget between 3000 and €4,000 and I'm so grateful because due to you I really got my head straight. Yes, I was pinteresting decorations for ages and do-it-yourself and now I'm just set on food, photography and the heartfelt ceremony. I'm so grateful.
0: Oh, my lovely bride, Sheila, that makes me so happy because I do think we can become so fixated with this stuff. So when you set it all free and you realize what's really important to you, it makes things so much easier for you. And I'm really happy that that's the priority that you've come with. And also, it's really nice to look at Pinterest. I still nice look at Pinterest quite a lot. But I think when you actually step aside, step away from the Pinterest boards and you have a bit of a breakthrough moment of going, I don't need it, it's
3: great. But I have a few questions, um, we are bilingual, so how do you do ceremony and vows, what can we do, how do people do this, like we're half Dutch and half Swedish, and uh, a few mainly speak English, but I can't see myself speaking in any other language than Swedish, but many many people will not understand.
0: Look, firstly, kudos to you for speaking more than one language because that is not me. And gosh, I wish it was. Oh, I'm so jealous. But not jealous is not even the right word. I'm just in awe of people that can speak multiple languages. And I get really annoyed when people say, oh, you don't speak English very well. I'm like, well, listen, you know, to other people. And I think, are you crazy? How many languages do you speak? And they're trying to speak your language. Shut up. Anyway, great question. I've never come across this question before. But I think you need to speak the language that you speak with each other. I think it's more important that you say what you want to say to your other half in the language that you feel comfortable communicating that in and bugger the rest of them. I also think if you can have someone doing a little bit of translation, maybe you're celebrant or someone that is confident in speaking in front of a crowd and understands the languages, it might be nice to translate maybe the vowels but not all of the cereverses. So uh, I think it's a lovely question to ask, but I think it's really important that you, as you said, you feel comfortable speaking Swedish. So I think it's important that you stick with the language that you are most comfortable with.
3: I also have another question. <gasps> like kids, I have a five-year-old daughter which who has autism and she's going to be one of the uh, flower girls, which she will manage to do. But she won't be like won't be able to sit during the ceremony at all like what can we do? Should we just let her run wild and or like any thoughts on this?
0: another excellent question. I think it is wonderful that your daughter's going to be a part of your wedding. It's gorgeous, and it is hard when you are going to be up there, <laughs> and you're the main attraction. And this is with any kids, I think, that are part of uh, weddings. It is hard because you're not in a situation where, you know, you can control them. When can parents ever really control kids? But you know what I mean? You can't just jump off the podium and say, listen, sit down. And you are in a situation, as you said, your daughter has autism. You don't know uh, potentially what she's going to be like on the day and how she's going to uh, cope and behave and I think it's really nice that she's going to be there and sharing the moment. And for me, I don't know if you have someone in your life that you can, obviously, someone will be there, your family and friends that can sit with her and and be with her. I don't know if there's an activity that she really enjoys doing that she could do quietly that might keep her focus and attention. Or perhaps, as you said, maybe it's just a matter of letting her feel the moment and be there without hopefully not being too distracting from what you're doing. I think it's lovely that you are, you know, taking the time to think about that. Obviously, this is something you have to think about every day. And I have such great respect for parents with kids who are dealing with autism. I think it's one of those situations that's incredibly challenging for a lot of people and people really underestimate how much time and energy uh, goes into what You do as a parent, let alone all the other stuff that goes on. So I have great respect for you and I think it's really wonderful that you're thinking ahead, but also, you know, you're open minded about the fact she may just run around. It's, it it might just happen. But also, I'm hoping that your family and friends obviously know the situation and know you and her and your partner and will embrace it. But I do think if there's some sort of activity or something that might take her attention, it might be nice to maybe set up some sort of, um, I don't know if it's a toy or an activity like a colouring in or something that she really enjoys. It might be good just for the 20 minutes, half an hour that the service is occurring. Really good. Okay, I think you've got another question. I love it.
4: I really don't know how to do it with my parents. I haven't invited them. I don't have contact with my parents. Um, but I'm I'm afraid of that they will find out and that it will be very angry. I don't know how to do it. I don't want to invite them, but I don't want to live in this fear either, because that that is really destroying the whole experience of this wedding. Um, well, any thoughts on this? I know that you said once in a podcast, or one of your guests said, if you do anything out of obligation, then you're doing it wrong, and I am really try to live by that, but it is very difficult when it comes to the closest family. So thank you for any input on that.
0: You are 100% right. Any obligation I feel quite strongly about that you shouldn't feel obliged to do anything. Have anyone there that doesn't make you smile on the day or that you have to fake smile to, or that you feel shouldn't be there. And Absolutely. I can hear, and I'm sure everyone at home can hear that your parents' situation isn't, they're not people that you want to be sharing the day with. And I know there's lots of people that are in a similar situation to you. And again, this is something that is completely your decision. You know the history, you know why this is happening, and it's not really anyone else's beef. I will say, your concerns about feeling, you know, scared or scared's probably not the right word. Concerned about feeling that they don't know. There's a way that you can do it. You could write them a letter. You can send them a card, or if they're in a different country, maybe have a Skype. I know you say you don't have any connection with them, but you want to let them know. So maybe by sitting and writing a couple of pages, just free-forming it, getting it out there, and then. Perhaps taking some time, you don't have to send it immediately, but taking time to really just say, listen, I am doing this, I'm really happy, I wanted you to know the end without having to feel obliged to invite them or do anything else. Just get the message to them, and then that might remove some of the stress and pressure that you are placing, uh, I think, on yourself about this idea that they might find out and there might be a reaction. So by sort of preempting it, by writing something to them that they can't just instantly uh, react to in a negative way, perhaps, or feel that they are being left out, it could be a way to ease into it and also prevent any further stress, especially on yourself. You've got a lot on your plate, it sounds like. And I think you need to be able to let yourself, let, let yourself go a little bit. Don't be so hard on yourself. Because we're all so hard on ourselves and we all take on pressure and stress like I was talking about at the top of the episode that sometimes you think, oh my gosh, if I could just not worry about things would be so much easier. So I think you need to just think about how you wish to communicate with them and make it nice, make it like clear and calm and get it off your chest. And that way, at least, you won't be sort of living with this burden that I think you're placing on yourself about them not knowing you're getting hitched. I'm so grateful that you spent the time and you asked me these three questions. They've both, like three of them, have challenged me, but also I really expanded my uh, horizons and knowledge base and understanding, and hopefully that by answering them and you sharing, lovely Bride Chiller, who wishes to remain anonymous, uh, you might have helped other people as well. I know we would have helped other people today. And it's great to think that you were comfortable sharing and open. And I'm so happy that you're enjoying the podcast because I love talking to you. Okie dokie. That is that is the end of the show today. That was three solid voice messages. I've got some homework to do. I must go and email Kate and uh, get on the case. If you are listening today, if you are listening this Thursday, and Kate might already have solved the problem, but if you are a vendor and you are listening in Australia and you would like to help Kate out, can I please ask you to Instagram me, tweet me, Facebook me, and I will put you in touch with Kate. I'm also going to put a little tweet out, and do whatever I can to help her out. I would really appreciate any feedback or uh, assistance. There it is. Okie dokie. Until tomorrow, I would wish you adieu. And I'm so excited for next week, a whole week of Q&A. Good Lord. Get ready. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.